If you would open your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 1. And for those of you that have not been here, I can get you up to speed. We've been talking about how the season of Christmas, Christ's coming, this Advent season, has exposed to us in the book that there is a grace that comes with this season. And so what we found was before Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit to be impregnated with Jesus, we found that um, there was a grace released to Elizabeth and Zachariah, who were the parents of John the Baptist. The miracle there is that they both were well advanced in years. They, uh, uh, Elizabeth's womb was barren. Um, Zechariah was old and pretty much impotent. But because of the grace of God, that God worked a miracle, he answered their prayer. And so I would love for you to go back and um, listen to this series. It is, of course, on our website, but it's also out on uh, Apple Music in, in our podcast, on iTunes, I should say, um, on our podcast, Tim, uh, Timothy Fryer Ministries. And you can click there and hear the messages and this series. And so I want to bring us to the close of this series today and just show you some things. So what we find in the text and... We find that when this grace comes into the earth, that this grace comes with some gifting. And so we appreciate and understand, even through this series, that the grace of God is the divine enablement. It is the strengthening. It is the power to help you do what you could not do. Uh, grace is also... The, um, the kindness of God that does not give us what we deserve, okay? Uh, parents and children can understand grace because there are times when children should have punishment, but mom or dad says, okay, this time I'm going to let it slide. That's called grace. It's called grace. And mom and dad can dispense grace because they have received grace because to the same degree... Okay. Well, should I finish it? I'll finish it. To the same degree that we have given grace to children, God has given us grace. And sometimes, mom and dad, when it's time to dispense uh, uh, punishment or retribution, we have to remember that we are also partakers of grace, and so grace should be given, uh, not just to our children, but grace should be given to everybody. We cannot, listen, grace is not something you can earn. So in remembering that you can't earn it, you should also remember that you should be able to dispense it because they can't earn it. So they cut you off and instead of you being irate, you said it's okay. They didn't earn that grace, but because you have received it, you can dispense it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so to the same degree, we should be thinking along the lines that I'm just receiving the grace of God and being thankful for his grace, but we should also be um, gracious 
to people. I was in a store yesterday and I was standing in line that was kind of long and this lady just walked right up in front of me and um, her friend was there. And so she just walked up right in front of me and started talking to her friend because, you know, I was thinking, I see you. Don't try to act like you just always I was already here. You weren't already here. But I didn't say anything about it. And then she turns around and says to me, uh, oh, I should be behind you. And <laughs> right, right. I should be I should be behind you. But this is my friend. And, you know, we're together. But she said, but we're really not together. We came here together, but I should be behind you. And I said, oh, no, it's OK. If you're together, I want you to stay together as long as possible so you can stay right here. And she was like, oh, that was just so kind of you, because it could have been another way. I could have very well said, yes, ma'am, you should be behind me. Assume your position. But I did not do that. I didn't do that. And I was like, yeah, it's OK. No big deal. That's grace. And sometimes we have to remember, listen, you may have a right, but you should more so have grace. Because if you exercise your right, God could do the same. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. You're like, I got, I got every right because you did this to me. And God could say, you know what? So do I. Let's go ahead and square up. And so I want to keep, you know, dispensing grace so I can be like, hey, you see, I gave her grace, right? Just keep, I need some grace. Hey, you got to remember that we can sow that grace into somebody's life because we have received that grace. So when we see in the text of scripture, I want to show you some things that um, in the same story that as the grace of God came, the grace of God brings with it, if you write this down, if you're writing, I want you to write this down, that grace comes with giftings and promptings. Okay? Grace comes with giftings and promptings. And here's what I believe. I believe that as grace comes, God gives grace because he has a plan. And as his plan is executed in the world, that's Jesus coming into the world. God needed a, a forerunner to go in front of Jesus to tell people that Jesus was coming. That was John the Baptist. So we see that God's plan is in action. Well, with that plan, God dispensed grace to uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias. He also uh, extended some grace to Mary because it was really a gracious thing that at the time she was impregnated, she had not known a man. It was a part of God's plan, but also the grace of God coming to Mary to show Mary that she was indeed a blessed woman. But when we receive the grace of God, which you receive every day, there are uh, gifts and promptings that come with that grace that it's important that you take note of. So I want to show you something here as we look at Luke chapter 1 and starting at verse 41, okay, listen to this. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb. That's John. So John is now leaping in the womb of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, my baby le leapt in my womb uh, for joy. Blessed is she who believed 
And there, and she said, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. So, this grace comes to Elizabeth. As a result, Elizabeth, when Mary comes in the room, the Holy Spirit jumps right into her. She is then filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen. And then she started prophesying. So then the gift, nobody calls Elizabeth a prophet or a prophetess, but because of the grace received, there was a gift for the moment to prophesy to Mary and to uh, make exclamations in the earth about what was happening. And so what I want you to see is this. If you have been a recipient of the grace of God, which you have, there are giftings that come along with it. All right, let me, let me prove it out a little bit more. Let's look at Luke 46, or Luke 1 and 46. This is Mary now. Mary starts worshiping and making declarations in the earth. Elizabeth prophesied, Mary worshiped. Here's what Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. This text is what's called, or this pericope is what's called the Magnificat, Magnificat from Mary. And Mary uh, magnifies the Lord. She says, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Let, let me stop right here. Let me stop right here. She gets this grace, and with this grace, she gets this prompting to start worshiping, listen, and making declarations. So we understand that even our Catholic brothers and sisters, they give Mary a special honor that uh, some mainline denominations do not. Okay, we don't worship Mary. We don't think Mary is a deity because she carried Jesus. Um, however, Mary, before Jesus is born, starts making declarations about what's going to happen in her life because of this grace that she receives. She just said, all the generations are going to call me blessed because I am in this state and I have received this grace. Let me tell you why that's significant today. Because before you step over into 2019, because you have received grace today, before you step over there, you should look that way and start declaring what's going to happen in your life because you have received grace today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody didn't get excited about that. Because you keep worrying about what has happened, you need to stand at the beginning, before, in the threshold of the next year and start declaring, just like Mary, all the generations. So you need to say, all of my days of 2018 or 2019 are going to be blessed because I am receiving this grace today. I believe today. Remember, Elizabeth just told her, you're blessed because you believed. It's going to happen to you because you believed. And so she says, you know what? I have received this grace. I do believe. And as a result, let me start de declaring over my own life. I love that today because before Jesus came, Mary declared. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all responded. Because you're right here on a pregnant moment. 
that you could be looking over into the next year. Get your calendar out. Look at 2019 and declare some stuff and tell it what's going to happen. Because I believe today, because I received the grace today, before this even is birthed out of me, before I wake up, before watch night happens, I'm going to declare it today. Listen, Mary was just like little. I don't even know if she was showing yet. But because she believed what the Holy Spirit or the angel had said to her, she says, I'm getting ready to declare based on the grace I've received and what I believe. Here's the question. What do you believe? Since you've received grace, what do you believe about what God has for your life? Are you crazy enough to stand at the threshold of January 2019 and declare some stuff? I don't know about y'all. I am and I love it because although... Elizabeth was full of the Holy Ghost and prophesied to Mary. Mary said, I'm not just going to go on what you say. I'm going to also declare some stuff on my own life. And I don't care who I'm talking to today, but just understand this. I know I'm your pastor, but you are a fool if all you do is declare what I say. You need to start declaring what you say over your life based on the grace that you have received. I'm looking at you like you're looking at me. Yeah. Is that the only time you hear declarations over your life when I say it at the end of every service? What do you say to yourself? Do you tell yourself you're not going to lay down here and wallow in this? You're not going to be depressed and sad? You, do you know who you are? Do you know what's inside of you? Generations are going to be excited when they hear your name long time from now because what you're going to leave in the earth. And today is going to be a phenomenal day. And today is going to be the day that I leave something in the earth today. Anybody believe that about your own life? Don't make me sweat so hard. Come on and come on and go with me because I'm telling you that God is saying because I have released this grace to you, you can receive this grace and with the gift comes this unction to worship, this unction to declare over your life. Mom and dad, you need to walk to every room in your house and declare some stuff for next year. You need to go in your garage and put your hands on your hot water heater and say you're going to conserve and you, I, I didn't buy you eco, but you're going to be eco in Jesus' name. Whatever is going to work, you, you need to start laying hands on your windows and be like energy, energy efficient. And if it ain't, if it's a big crack, this Lord, you're going to give me the money to make it energy efficient. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because before she gave birth, to the promise she declared over her own life some stuff that would happen simply because she believed that she had the promise inside of her. Anybody believe today that you got the promise inside of you? Anybody believe today that before you were uh, birthed out of your mom's womb that God had a plan? Do you believe that before he founded you from before the foundations of the earth and brought you into being that he had a plan for your life? If you believe that, you got to start saying that. Y'all hear me? You got this grace and you got to use the gift that comes with it. Grace, there's a gift. It's more to it than just grace. So uh, last Sunday, Cynthia gave me a, uh, a bag. She told me at the funeral last week, Pastor, I got your candy and I'll bring it tomorrow. And I said, okay, cool. So she gave me the candy because she already told me what was in it. I knew what was in it. I didn't have to look because I knew it was candy, right? Well, here lately, I've just been so absent-minded when I leave church, I'm leaving stuff. So I was like, oh, Lord, I left 
this bag of candy at the church. It's these ginger chews that I'm just like loving nowadays. Ginger, ginger got me some miracles in ginger. But anyway, um, so I said, where is it? So Monday passed, and so the Flins had given me a little gift bag, and so it was in my room on the floor in the dre- and right in front of the dresser. And I said, okay, that's it. Then I was like, no, that's not it. That's what the Flins had given me. So then Wednesday came. And I'm like, I cannot find this bag. Well, come to find out, Gina, the bag was sitting on the counter in the kitchen. But every time I looked at the bag, I thought that was the bag that was actually in my bedroom. Y'all get what I'm saying? I'm like, that's the Flynn's bag. But then I go in my bedroom, I'd be like, well, that's the Flynn's bag. <laughs> so I said, then I came to myself on Wednesday and said, no, this is that bag. So I was so happy because got candy. So. This is like the third bag of this candy I've had in like three weeks, it seems. So I got a bag in my car, a bag on the nightstand, and I got a bag in the kitchen, right? So um, I know, right? I just, I'm, I'm digging this candy. So I get the bag, and I start to open it, and I look down in the bag, and there's a card. And I said, oh, okay, I'll just, I'm going to open this card. You know, you open, you know how as a kid, if you don't think nothing's in the card, you just got to leave the card in <laughs> Am I the only guy like that? Okay, whatever. Y'all ain't gonna own it. I, I own it. But I said, no, let me open this card and read it. It was from Cynthia Tuck. I said, okay. So I opened the card and Gina, it was a $50 bill in there. I was tripping. Y'all should have seen me. You would have thought it was like a $1,000 bill in there. I was like, yes, look at God. Because God had been talking to me about the favor as it related to finances that is still on my life. And it was just these little nuggets, right? So watch. The grace to me was the candy. But there was more in the bag. And I love the fact that I almost want to say, I almost want to say that God didn't let me look at the bag for what it was. Because he needed to bring me to a special moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That I get the grace and the gift. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so I was so excited about it because the gift became a confirmation that God is working in my life. I didn't know that was in there. I didn't expect it. But it tripped me out. And I know it's just, listen. The thing about me, it's the small things for me. Because what I realize is, this is what my daddy used to always say, don't nobody have to do nothing for you. Okay, so when I tell y'all thank you for whatever you give me, I really mean it because I realize nobody has to do anything for you. Cynthia didn't owe me the candy and she sure didn't owe me the $50. But for me, it was a moment that God says, you got the grace, but don't overlook the gift. And with the grace comes a gift that you got to put your hands on. Because that would have been the richest bag in my house had I not opened that card. You understand? Because you had to get, have the gift bags. You'd be like, oh, I'll use this gift bag again. And you fold it up and put it somewhere and you tuck it in with all the other gift bags. It would have been the richest bag in the drawer. But at the right time, God let me put my hand on the gift. 
What I'm saying to you is that as you receive the grace of God, don't stop there. Because with the grace comes a gift. So now we see that uh, uh, Elizabeth received the grace. She's pregnant. But she also received the gift that she started prophesying. The other grace to Mary was the grace that Elizabeth was indeed pregnant. That was the grace. So I need to give you grace to believe. And the confirmation for Mary was Elizabeth. Because the angel said to her, hey, your auntie or your cousin... Well, her old self is pregnant. Let me read the text. Well, her old self, they said, the one called barren is pregnant. That's what he said. And Mary said, let me go and see cousin Auntie Elizabeth. And she's six months, so now she's showing. God, listen, God knows how to wait until the right time for you to get the confirmation that you need for your life. Yes. Had he done it, had he brought those two together before she was showing, Mary might would have been like, I don't know, auntie. You know, I've been reading in the newspaper that they were talking about people being senile. I know y'all normally live to be 150, but you're kind of old and ain't no baby in there. You think it is. But God waited, angel waited until she was six months. And the text says, when Mary was six months, the angel came to, uh, when uh, uh, Elizabeth was six months, the Mary came to, uh, the baby, who came? The angel came to Mary. Because I see myself at the end of the story. Because it's amazing to me how God waited. He put everything on pause. And we goes, we're going to let this miracle brood in Elizabeth long enough for Elizabeth to be settled. And then I'm going to tell Mary, come see Elizabeth so she can be settled. Because God knows how to put a pause and wait. See, we are rush. We rush. Microwave. I've been telling y'all about the Instapot. Let me tell y'all something. You want to cook some fresh broccoli? You can cook fresh broccoli so tender in three minutes in this Instapot. You can have a whole meal laid out. You can put fish in there, everything. You can have a whole meal done in 10 minutes. And we sitting down talking about, boy, this is nice. Granny had to slave for two hours on some broccoli or some, or some uh, collard greens, two, two and a half hours to get them tender. Now we got pressure cookers. We like the quick stuff, but we don't understand that the quick stuff comes with pressure. So Mary, ain't, Mary don't even know this is about to happen in her life, so she's chill. Elizabeth is just happy that something is happening inside of her because they've been wanting a baby all this time, so she chill. And the Holy Ghost say everybody just chill until the right time. And then when, Mary, then when Elizabeth gets to six months, the timer goes off. Ding! And Gabriel says, I got it. I got it, God. I'm on my way. Mary, you're about to be pregnant. Mary says, quit playing. Ain't no way. I'm a virgin. Gabriel says, listen, my name is Gabriel. Your old auntie is pregnant. Go look at her. But you're not going to have to know nobody because the Holy Ghost is going to take care of you. But just so you'll know, go look at auntie. She goes, see auntie, auntie's big. Not only is auntie's big, auntie is big and so big that the baby now can start doing a two-step 
Y'all think, I'm not playing? I'm not playing. When Elizabeth heard Mary come in and say, hey, Uncle Zachariah, she got full of the Holy Ghost. Now, when your, when your auntie started getting the Holy Ghost when you was growing up, did she shout? John, full of the Holy Ghost, because mama is filled, now the baby is filled. And he starts leaping, and she says, listen, I knew. I knew this was God, because when I heard your voice, John started dancing. So God does all things well in time. But there is a grace and a gift. Now listen, we receive, every, we receive grace every day, but the gift matures. The gift grows. And God brings you to a place that now is the time for the gift. So watch. So we see that Elizabeth prophesied, Mary worshiped, Zechariah prophesied. I don't, I'm gone far over my time, so I didn't have to read that. But y'all got to read that in, in starting at verse 67 all the way down to uh, 79. We'll see that Zechariah started prophesying about Jesus as well. Because when we have received grace, because remember, Zechariah had a problem believing because he said to Gabriel, hey, I'm old, my wife is advanced. Remember that? None of our junk working on neither side. So if you're going to do anything with this, you're going to have to do a double miracle because we all dead around our house. <laughs> and because he said that, the angel says, listen, this is God's plan. I'm not going to let you mess it up with your mouth. So I'm going to mute you until the baby's born. Mute. Listen, your words are so powerful that God would mute a father while the baby is being developed just so the baby won't get the spirit of unbelief. God would mute the priest so that his mouth wouldn't mess up God's plan with unbelief. He working in the temple. I said, <laughs> said, I'll tell you what. Shh. For nine months. Don't say nothing. And everybody had settled into the fact that he couldn't say anything. So when John was born, they asked the mama, Mama, what are we going to call him? We're going to call him Zacharias? And she said, no, his name shall be called John. So the people was like, well, ain't nobody in your family named John. She said, his name is going to be called John. They was like, you know what? She just had a baby. She crazy. Let's go ask the daddy. Write it down for him because you know he can't talk. So the text says that they brought sign language and wrote it on tablet. Uh, they used sign language to ask, what we going to call the baby? Zachariah says, at that moment, because he had the grace now to believe, he could talk at that moment because what he was about to say the first time was going to mess up the plan. But what he was about to say this time would support the plan. At the time, see, woo, God always gives you another opportunity to come back around and do it right the next time. <laughs> Are you going you to believe what God says? Well, I just got my doubts. Hush. We come back around. Hey, here's another chance for you to tell us what God really said. We're going to call him Zachariah, right? And then he says, no. 
His name shall be John. At that moment, he started speaking. From there, he started prophesying. See, he got grace to believe again. And from there, he got the gift to prophesy. With every measure of grace, God brings to you the opportunity to flow in a gift. Y'all with me? It's amazing to me how people want to suck up the grace, but sit on the gift. God's not pleased with that. Because he doesn't give you grace for you to sit down. He gives you grace, divine enablement, for you to move forward in your life. For you to operate in the gift. My daddy would always say, if you don't use it, you lose it. I don't know if that's true or not. Because I've always used mine, so I can't tell you about that. But what I am telling you is, as you receive this grace, which everybody knows that you need, you definitely want it. You sing about how amazing it is. But with that comes a gift that you have to embrace and then use. So let's talk about our responsibility with that. So here's our responsibility. So at first we understand with grace comes gifts and promptings. If you're writing, write this down. It's my last point and I'm done for today. With grace comes responsibility. Or you can write it down. Grace comes with responsibility. Listen to me. You can't receive the grace every day and not be responsible for the outcome of that grace. There's some working that you have to do. So I want to show you what the text says here, and I love this. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Look at what it says. But to each one of us, grace was given, listen, according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So Christ has given us a gift, but with that came grace. And so we got this grace from God or grace from Jesus Christ. And then there's a, a measure. God says, okay, Jesus looks and says, okay, here's Edie. Here's what I'm going to give Edie. Here's her measure. Okay. Here's Curtis's measure. Here's Vince's measure. Everybody has a measure. Okay. Here, here's the cool thing though. When we start looking at the teachings of Jesus, and the whole story of the master and the servants who got the talents. Remember that somebody uh, went and multiplied that? Somebody just buried the one? So that's all they got was the one? And so we look at some people and we say, wow, they are so multi-talented. I wish they were. If you would dig up the one that you have, God will multiply it. Because I believe this. I believe that when you start operating in one gift, you'll find out that there's grace for another one and grace for another one. You hear what I'm saying? And I believe they all go back to a central giving or releasing, but you grow in these gifts. You grow in this grace. So you just can't sit there. So now we find out that there is grace given to everybody, and then Christ with that grace also gives us gifts. Listen, it is up to you to multiply the gift that you have. And I know the whole question then becomes, Pastor, how do I know what my gift is? What is it that you do so easily that you could do it in your sleep? And you say, I don't do nothing that easy but eat. Okay, become a food critic. Get your blog. Since you eat all the time, it comes that might be your gift. And then you could tell people how great restaurants are, and then you could earn a living with it. 
You gotta just help somebody right there. I should be charging y'all $75 an hour for this. You see, because gifts are some things that come naturally. Others become spinoffs of the natural thing. Okay? I talked to a guy just this morning. He said, he's a school teacher. He said, you know, I really want to do another business this year, but I don't know what to do because I'm a band director. I don't want to do it. I kind of want to do it in the education field, but I don't want to do teaching music and stuff like that. I said, what have you been doing lately? He says, well, I'm in a, a doctoral program. He said, my sister just finished her PhD, and for the last two or three weeks, I've had five people that had me to edit their dissertations. I said, was it easy for you? He was like, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. I said, charge for it. He said, oh. I said, you, you, both of y'all. He said, at first I said, how much did you charge him? He said, I didn't. I said, well, you need to add value to what you do. Then it becomes another source of income, and it's something that you could do in your sleep. Gift. It's a gift. It's right there. And it was a gift. Listen, most gifts are already in your hand. Most gifts are already in your hand. So listen, I believe that as you receive the grace from God, that he slides right into your hand. You ever got money from somebody and they don't want everybody to know that you got it? And so when you go to shake their hand, they be squeezing in. Like y'all do me out there, just be squeezing in so can't nobody see. I believe that's what God does. I believe that as you reach for the grace, you take the grace and he just pushes quietly into your hand a gift that you have to go home and cultivate and nurture. Grace does its own thing in your life. You have no control over it. The gift is the thing that you have to nurture. And so with the responsibility or with grace comes the responsibility, hear me, to nurture your gift. Stop just going to work and coming home and watching reality TV all night. That is not a gift. Watching TV is not your superpower. Explore your life. Find out who you are. So you can use the gift. Listen, you have a responsibility to use the gift. Playing video games ain't a gift. Well, I don't know. You know, what you call was giving away a college uh, tuition. It, be, it ain't a gift. It ain't, it ain't a gift. Because if you don't have no power in your life, what you going to play video games on if all the power goes out? My gift ain't contingent upon being able to be plugged in. Now, if you want to talk about being able to write code, okay, we can talk about that. Because you can write code on paper. You see what I'm saying? I believe that gifts are the things that cannot be stepped on by human invention. Somebody need to be writing this down. Your gift can't be stepped on by what man has created. Because come it, it comes from God. So if your lights go out, your gift should shine more. Come on. If, if your car stopped running, you still should have a gift somewhere. Y'all hear me? So God has given us gifts that we have to nurture. 
So watch, let me give you this next one. I'm going to tell you, I want to show you some other stuff real quick. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. This is just confirming what I'm saying. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, I'm going to stop right here for a second, use them. Everybody say use them. Listen, you need to be using the gift that God has given you. Paul says everybody got a different gift based on the different grace that you have. See, we don't all get the same kind of grace. And I believe that grace comes too for situation. So there's some situations you're in that I don't need grace for because I'm not in that situation. But there's a difference or a deferring, it says, uh, amount of gifts because grace is shed abroad differently. But regardless of what gift you have, he said you need to use it. And listen, as we step over into the next year, I'm telling you now, I want to challenge you that if you're not serving somewhere in this house, you need to serve. If you're not serving in your community, you need to serve. Maybe it's at the job that has some community involvement. You need to serve somewhere. You need to be giving that gift back. You have received too much grace to be selfish with your gift. So watch what he says. He says, having different uh, uh, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. He says, if it's ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, teach. If that's a gift. Can I, can I say something? Y'all ready? If, you know I had to talk to the wall sometime. If you got a gift for teaching, then teach. Don't just let your teaching be attached to a check. So if you teach at school and you're gifted for it, why wouldn't you come and serve in the church and be just as gifted. I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, you can't, I mean, I'm just saying. What, whatever your gift is, whatever your gift is, it's amazing to me how I go to, I go to churches and serve in churches and there are people who come up to me and say, I'm a band director. And I'm like, well, why are you not giving your gift over here? What do you play? I play saxophone. Why are you not playing another? Because I do music 24 hours a day. I'm tired. I just don't want to do it. We're talking about your gift. We're talking about your gift. See, here's the thing that we miss. If I gave you, Chelsea, if I gave you a gift, and I say, here, Chelsea, Merry Christmas. And then you take it, and I say, wait, 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 you owe me $100. You're going to say, I thought you said it was a gift. It's amazing to me how we understand what a gift is. But every time we use what God has given us, you got to get paid for it. Now, don't get me wrong. It's the grace of God that allows you to do what comes natural to you and get paid for it. But at some point, it really does not just need to be a source of income. At some point in your life, it really does need to be a gift. See, okay, 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 all right. 
Let me give you this last point, and you'll understand what I'm saying. 1 Peter 4, verse 10, says this. As each one has received a gift, minister it one to another. Watch this. As a good steward of the manifold grace of God. What are you saying? That with your gift that you get along with the grace that you've received, you need to steward it. A steward is one who handles, it's, it's a financial term. You handle money. Okay? So here it is. There are some things that I do that I just do simply because I realize that it's my gift. I'm being a good steward. Some stuff I have to charge you for. Some stuff I shouldn't charge you for because it's a part of my gift. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what happens with our gifts, we need to be ministering it one to another. How do we do that? We serve in the house. If you're not serving anywhere, you should be. I should never have to worry about somebody in children's ministry not being able to get to in the church, you know, more than twice a, a month into service, more than twice a month because we don't have enough people. So then you got somebody saying, well, I can't get in there, Pastor, because we don't have enough people. You got to be kidding me. We got 75, 80 people, almost 100 people in here today. You mean to tell me that one person can't say, I could do this for one Sunday? And another person said, well, you know what? I can do it for one Sunday too. You got to be kidding me. So would you tell me we got two Sundays covered? Are you kidding? What? There must be some gifts somewhere. The same guys get burnt out every week because they have to go put out flags. Somebody can say, you know what? I could come one Sunday a month to put out flags. I got a raincoat. I got an umbrella. I could stand out there and help park cars one Sunday a month so so-and-so could come in and sit down. That's how we minister one to another. But most of us are so selfish, I want to sleep late because this is my only day to sleep late. I want to sleep late because this is my only day to sleep late and I'm just going to go to church. I'm going to get there by the time they be right in the middle of praise and worship. I'll get right there. I'll wave at the guys out there parking the cars with umbrellas in their hand. I show appreciation. Boy, I love our church. They got people coming in with umbrellas. This is a great church. But you drive, but he wet. Why? Because you're telling me this is my only Sunday or this is my only day to sleep late. That's only because you're going to hang out with the fellas on Saturday morning. You can sleep late Saturday morning and give God a Sunday morning. That's because you got brunch with the girls with mimosas. Don't get quiet on me now. Come on, y'all can laugh. Y'all sick of laugh? Breathe. Everybody breathe. If you got an Apple Watch, just you breathe. Just push the breathe, the breathe button. We got gifts, listen, that he wants us to use and minister to one another. You could do it here, but you can also do it in the marketplace. They had just shared with us a very special uh, testimony this morning. Uh, Pastor Arkesha works with a young man who just had a baby. Baby's like three months. He comes in the office, starts talking to her about uh, uh, FMLA or whatever. And then says to her, I don't see how y'all do it. I'm just overwhelmed. And he begins to cry because he's overwhelmed as a new father. She says to him, listen, now, he, his faith, he is Hindu. Now, I'm sorry as a theologian, I cannot right now tell you who they worship. I, I, I can't. I should be able to tell you that because I've been, I've been to school for this, but I can't think of who they worship right now. But... 
His name ain't Jesus. So watch. She says to him, hey, it's going to be okay. God will give you grace to do what you need to do as a new father. So they talked. He cried. He received from her the fact that her God would give him grace to be the father for that baby. You hear me? When you receive grace and a gift, it is your job to be the steward of that and be able to dispense that thing at the right time. She had an unction. At that moment, she spoke a word of knowledge to a man who don't know nothing about the gifts of the Spirit. But he received it. Come to find out weeks later, this baby had been sick. Take the baby to the, uh, the doctor, then rushes the baby to the hospital. Three-month-old baby now has leukemia. She's sharing with Rodney what's going on. She's broken. Rodney says to her, well, tell him, just like, just like Elizabeth, tell him that the same grace that God gave him to be the daddy, he'll go give him the same grace to get through this situation too. She shares this with the man. The man says, thank you. Listen, y'all have given me hope. See, let me tell y'all something. Your grace gift ain't for this in here. See, you ought to come in here and serve because there's somebody coming from out of here that'll come in here that needs to receive it. But this same grace gift in here, you need to be handing it out in the office and quick handing out all this attitude. Because if she was nasty, he'd have never brought that up to her. Ooh, this, listen, do you know how far this reaches? Can I take you to the next one? If they was fussing and fighting in the car, she'd have never shared with him. And he would have never had the unction to say, tell him. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. See, your knucklehead activity at home keeps other people from receiving grace. God wants to use all of your life, not just one section of your life. So you come in here and say, use me, Lord. You go to work and don't talk to nobody. How can he use you? Grace. Listen, I'm done. I'm done. Let me tell you this another one. This is just an edge family day, I guess. Listen. So, Pastor Rodney been out on the road playing with Anita Baker. Played with her a couple of times this week. Just got back in this morning. And so, Arkeisha shared on, online that in talking to Anita Baker, Anita Baker says to her, listen to these words. It, it gave me chills when she said it. Your she said, I love your husband. I love that he's back out on the road with us because when he plays, the atmosphere change. Now, I ain't never, I, I love Anita. I don't know that she's saying gospel. I don't know if she's filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't even know if she's a believer. I just know she's caught up in the rapture of you. I don't know which rapture that is. <laughs> but what the Holy Ghost said to me when I heard that, is that the same anointing I give him on this stage, I give him on every stage. Because with the grace, I give him a gift. And with the gift, I anoint it. 
And when I anoint the gift, the gift becomes a signpost that sends people to me. And so I said to them this morning, I know exactly what she talks about because when he plays here, the atmosphere changes. Same God in him. So we worried about what people go, that, that ain't even godly. I don't know, I don't know why they're out there doing that. That ain't godly. Well, who do you think God called him to? He didn't call him to your saved behind. He called him to the unsaved out there. That's what the Great Commission is. You just keep talking to all the saved people, and that's why you don't have a line of people. And I talked to him, and I, gave, and I led him to Christ, and he came to Christ, and she came to Christ. I started praying for that family, and now they know Jesus, because everybody you talk to know Jesus. There is a gift that comes along with the grace that you keep sucking up. And now you have to operate in the gift. It is your responsibility to share the gift. Share the grace and share the gift. Because God wants to anoint you right now for you to go across the room and say, Sister, the Lord told me to tell you that it's going to be all right. He want to anoint you at work for somebody who may not be a believer in Christ, but he may still say to you, go tell them that I said it's going to be all right. You have a responsibility to move. Here's what I believe for the Hindu coworker. I believe that he's going to come to know Jesus in this experience. But you know why? Because somebody told him about the grace of God. Well, wasn't that what got you saved, the grace of God? The same grace that got you saved is the same grace that's able to get him saved, although he doesn't know. All he knows is that made me feel like something. You got to use the gift as you receive the grace. Y'all with me? Let's stand. I don't know, I'm just so, I'm just so, uh, I'm so moved by this whole notion that God wants to use your gifting in the marketplace. I'm so, I'm so moved by that this morning. Because that's who he, he's after the people that don't know him. And that's why he sends you where he sends you. You know the CEO, the new CEO of uh, Starbucks? You remember when Starbucks had all that issue about them boys in Philadelphia? They removed the CEO, and now there's an African-American woman there. Y'all, she is a United Methodist Church member. She's a Christian in probably the biggest coffee, coffee company in the world. Definitely one of. And I'm amazed that, see, and we like that kind of stuff because she's an African-American woman. I'm kidding about that. I would rather be a Caucasian male that's a believer than an African-American woman that's not. I know that offends people. That's because you're Afrocentric. I'm Christocentric. I believe that I want Jesus in places of authority. Not Shaniqua if she don't know Jesus. I'm just saying. We work for the kingdom, y'all. We don't, this ain't family reunion. We 
work for the kingdom. And God saved you so that you could bring others into the kingdom. See, we miss it in the church because every other organization, you like these exclusive organizations like your fraternities and sororities, when you want to pledge, uh, what is it called, grad chapter, you got to get somebody to bring you in. Somebody was telling me recently about another secret society of men that you, it's by invitation only. The church, the only place don't go out and get people. Like, you know what? Come here. I know we used to drink together and hang out. I know we pledged together, but you're a good man. You need Jesus. Come here. Let's talk about him. And then from there, I'm going to grab you and bring you into the church because the church needs more solid men. But we be building up fraternities and sororities. But the churches should be bursting at the seams because we have people in it who have received his grace but won't use their gift. And I will tell you this. I believe with all my might that God is going to hold us accountable to that. Just like you push good movies, you should push the kingdom. Good sales, push the kingdom. Good eating restaurants and dining experiences, you need to push the kingdom. You need to tell somebody. Just like we promote apps. We tell people, you, you don't even know these people over here talking to you. You be telling them, hey, there's an app for that. And you look at it, you're like, who are you? Do you work for this company? No, I just got this app the other day. And it's just that you need to get, we push apps and all that kind of stuff. But we won't tell people. We won't say, God, give me something today that I could tell somebody who doesn't know you that would make their antenna go up to hear you more. That needs to be our prayer. Use me today in a way that's going to change somebody's life. You can surprise me with it, but just use me. Why? Because you've given me a gift and I want to use it. Wherever that gift is, whether it's at the workplace, in the classroom, whether it's in the doctor's office, whether it's Omarda, whether it's in line at, at the grocery store, whatever it is, just use me because you have given me grace and I want to use the gift that comes along with that grace. Give me opportunity. Here's what I believe. When you ask the Lord for opportunity, he will give it. Okay? Now remember this. When grace is given, sometimes God puts a span of time in the middle of that thing so everybody involved can be ready to receive. You see that? Maybe they couldn't have had that grace conversation until after the baby was born and he became overwhelmed. Now he's ready to he hear it. Listen. But if she was a hellion in the office all this time, he would have never received that after the baby was born. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can't live like hell and then be like, use me, Lord, now I'm going to tell somebody. They'd be like, wait a minute, what? You got to live up, live every day, like at any moment, God's going to use me, so let me act right at work. Let me click right at work. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity in this moment. Thank you, Lord, for sharing your word with us. Now, Lord, give us again your grace to carry out, to execute with love and kindness that which you've given to us. Teach us how to handle and maneuver. Give us what we need to grow in the grace and to nurture the gift in such a way that we use it to your glory. Lord, we want to be meat for the master's use. 
So I pray today as we move through our lives and as we matriculate these last few days of the year that help us grow in the grace. Help us mature in our gifts. Give us discernment so we won't rush it, so we won't be too delayed, but we'd be right on time. And Lord, thank you for giving us your grace. We're so undeserving and unworthy of it, but you choose to give it to us in a way, and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us giftings that bring you glory and even at times brings us income. We say thank you for that. Now, Lord, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.